Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. This week's guest is Meg Boyce, Vice President of Programs and Services with the Alzheimer's Association of the Hudson Valley. Meg is in to talk about their upcoming event, Sub-Zero Heroes, and all the services it benefits within the charity. We also discuss how patients are receiving diagnoses of Alzheimer's earlier in life than ever before, and what people should do when first diagnosed. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Meg and myself here on In Touch. Hello, Hudson Valley. You're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We got another great episode for you today. A really cool one, if I do say so myself. Yes, you're chuckling on the other <laughs> side. Uh, yes, uh, we have a returning guest, Meg Boy. She's the vice president of programs and services with the Alzheimer's Association of the Hudson Valley. Last time we had her was last year, and we were talking about the Alzheimer's Walk which was an incredible program. But now Meg is back here to talk to us about Sub-Zero Heroes. It's another great winter fundraiser, and it's very similar to some other stuff that you might have heard of around the area. It's a great charity. This is really cool. Can't wait to get into it. Meg, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Connor. I appreciate it. It's always great to have you here in the studio. It's it's always a pleasure. And Sub-Zero Heroes, first of all, great name for it. Great. Yes. And um, this is an event that's happening uh, Saturday, February 25th over in Highland. And yes, I have my notes here, but I think it sounds better coming out of your mouth, everything that's going on (laughs) over there. So could you give us an overview of what's going on with Sub-Zero Heroes? Sure. So Sub-Zero Heroes is a fundraising event that we started 13 years ago. My husband is actually the founder. And has a really good nickname, you said, too. Yes, my husband's nickname is the Father of Freeze. Love it. So that shout out to Brendan Boyce, who was one of the founding members of this event. And it's... It's really a wonderful time. We have our heroes. So our heroes are the ones that actually take a dip into the cool waters of Berrien Lake. The temperature is usually about 37 to 38 degrees, the the water temperature. Quite balmy, right? Yes, it's quite balmy. (laughs) But then we also have our sidekicks. So our sidekicks are people that want to raise funds but don't necessarily want to go swimming. And they're the ones that are on the beach holding our towels as we jump in and get out. It is, you're in there pretty quick. I've been doing mm-hmm. it since the beginning, and here I am. I'm still breathing and Fantastic. able to talk to you all. We line up by how much you've raised. So top fundraiser goes first, and it kind of goes back from there. So um, last time, uh, there was a point where we were in third place. So it was a lot of fun to to get in and get out. <laughs> you know, we do have heated trailers. Oh, that's good to know. So, which was new to us not too long ago. So we do have heated trailers so that folks right after you jump in, you run out, you run up a hill and go right in. We have a men's and a women's. And you change out of your wet clothes, put on dry clothes, and then the culinary. We have students from the culinary come, and they usually have about three different kinds of soups. Usually they have their butternut squash soup. 
um, something like a chicken noodle soup and Perfect. one other type of soup. We have a hot chocolate bar. Ooh, that's always, so always good. Get your hot chocolate. And then we have everything that you could think of that you'd want to put in your hot chocolate. And then it's kind of like a tailgate party afterwards for as long as you want to stay. It really is a wonderful event. Uh, we have a great time. Just so that people know, uh, the Ulster Police Department, their dive team is in the water with you. Um, so you're okay. You can grab onto them. <laughs> um, usually you're surrounded by them. They're just ensuring everyone's safety. Um, they'll get you to the shore. So it's not like you're jumping in and there's nobody there for you. And it's you're in and out so quickly, your body barely has a chance to react to it. That's fair. Now, how long have you seen probably like the l- longest dive in there? Has somebody stayed in there for a good amount of no. time or no? <laughs> no, the the guys, the the scuba team, they get you out. They don't want people staying in there too long. But gotcha. um, we do have a number of folks, my husband being one of them, that feel that they have to completely submerge themselves in order to think that they've done this. That would be me too. Yeah. I I submerged a couple of times fully. And then I was like, okay, I'm a little too old for doing this. And I just jump in enough, you know, kind of up to the neck is as high as it goes. I should probably let people know it's about five feet deep where they, where they cut out um, if there's ice. But there's, we have guys that every year do belly flops, <laughs> um, cannonballs. Perfect. Um, but no, the, the dive team will not allow you to swim around. They want you to jump in and, and get out of the water and get out of your wet clothes. And, in and out for your own safety and health. Exactly. Understandable. Yes. No, that's very cool. So you said you've been doing this for 13 years now. Has that been consecutive? Because there's been a lot of events that have been impacted by COVID where they had to stop. Was this consecutive then or how how that work? It was not. Okay. Um, so for two years, I believe, we had what was called freeze everywhere. Okay. And so it was still a fundraiser, and we had people that participated videotape what they were doing. Oh, that's cool. And then everybody sent their video, their videos in, their recordings in, and our development team put together a whole video montage of everybody, excuse me, and what they did. Um, some people jumped into their pools in their backyard. Some people jumped into like a stream that was near them. Yep. Some people just ran out and like dove into the snow because it was a year when we had lot, a lot of snow. So it worked out well. And, um, and then we had a celebration. So we invited everybody who had participated to come on this Zoom call to watch the video. And then we did the announcements of first, second, and third. And they had their, we actually have trophies. Aww. And so the trophies were, were sent to them. Last year, we were back at the lake. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're continuing. Cool. This is great. So second year back then in person, that's really neat to be able to have that. Then. Yes. So yes. Uh, so second year back, that's really exciting to see, uh, you know, especially we were talking before how, you know, there's a yearning to have these public events, yes. how everybody wants to come together and wants to be able to celebrate that sense of community makes such a difference, especially when you're working in a charitable aspect. So like, right. tell us a little bit about like that atmosphere. As you said, at one point, it just turns into a tailgate, you said, right? You have to think of who would jump into a frozen lake 
It's a whole bunch of crazy people. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing I should say is people dress up in costume. I was going to say for something called yeah. Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero Heroes, Heroes, the heroes, the sidekicks, it kind of sounds yes. about right. So we have our Supermans and the flyer shows a whole group of people dressed up in characters from their favorite you know, Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also is a lot of fun to see how are people going to be dressed up. Everybody just has a good time. Uh, we get to know our constituents better. And there's also some wonderful incentives mm. um, that come along. So for our sidekicks, so if our sidekick raises $100, they get a special Sub-Zero Heroes t-shirt. Nice. For our heroes, in order to jump, you need to raise at least $250 in order to jump. You get a Sub-Zero Heroes sweatshirt. For either sidekicks or heroes, if you raise $500, you get a really cool thermos that has the Sub-Zero Heroes logo, $1,000 is a mug, and $1,500 is a blanket, Sub-Zero Heroes blanket. So we have some nice little incentive prizes to try to get people to bring those funds in. I hope that they get that stuff after they plunge, of course, because having the hoodie on after they're in the water probably defeats the purpose there. But yeah, uh, I would definitely put it on at least afterwards. But that's really cool. That's great that uh, the incentive program is going on. And it's just really cool to hear how people get into it, get dressed yes. up. I've, I've done similar stuff in the past where I've had some wacky outfits on um, with some friends. Um, I remember we did like a um, America themed kind of looked like a, a Apollo Creed essentially from Rocky. That's what we were kind of like going for. And it's so fun to see these it things is. happen. And it, it's cool to get that sense of community. Uh, again, you're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We are speaking with Meg Boyce from the Alzheimer's Association about Sub-Zero Heroes. It's one of those charity plunges where you can raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. And it's a great way to celebrate such a wonderful charity with a lot of people. We've been focusing on the you know, the actual event and what goes on in person. But one thing I want to pivot to now are the programs and services that it supports. Obviously, we're talking about the Alzheimer's Association, but where does this money specifically go to help out with, uh, with the charity? So this is a full mission event, fundraising event. Fantastic. So a large portion stays here to help provide our programs and services for free. Mm. So we have a 24-hour helpline, which is 1-800-272-3900, that a caregiver can call anytime, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We have master level social workers or someone of a comparable degree that can help guide a family through a situation. And it can be, you know, usually when somebody has Alzheimer's or a form of dementia, sometimes their behaviors happen in the middle of the night. Yeah. And you, you, you've done all you can and you don't know what else to do. And so you can call us and be like, okay, he wants to go to work. He's dressed. He's standing in the front yard. It's three o'clock in the morning. What do I do? Yeah. And so um, that's one of the services that we provide. We also have care consultations locally. So we have master level social workers, or again, someone of a comparable degree Mm -hmm. who can sit down with a family and help them, first of all, assess the situation, help them put together a short-term and a long-term plan, 
And then they also kind of, they're that liaison as the individual progresses through the disease. And that's totally free. And then we have our support groups. We have support groups for people diagnosed. We have caregiver support groups. We have educational trainings for caregivers and for people who have been diagnosed. You know, we find not only does the caregiver want to learn, but people are being diagnosed much earlier than they used to be. Mm. I probably shouldn't say this because I'm going to say I'm 12 years old, but I've been with the organization 23 years. Mm. And back then, all the only people that reached out to us were caregivers. But mm -hmm. now we have early stage folks calling and saying, what do you have for me? So we're really able to provide all of these services free of charge. We have wonderful socialization programs. A lot of families will say to us, when he or she was given the diagnosis, mm -hmm. everybody left us. Mm. Because they didn't know what to do. Yeah. They didn't know how to interact. And so that suddenly the care partner, caregiver, and the person are isolated. Yeah. So we have a whole range of socialization programs. We do music, art. Um, we're going to be doing forest bathing in the spring. So we, we, we do a lot of really fun activities for both the care partner and the person diagnosed so that they still have time to socialize with others yeah. and with people that get it. Yeah. And if their loved one does something strange, it's okay. And then some of the funding also goes to support our research. And I think we might have talked a little bit last time and a lot has yeah. happened since the last time I was here, Connor. We Fantastic. Have, we now have another medication that was just approved. Oh, great. Um, by the FDA. So, you know, the only way we can really move forward and reach our vision. So the Alzheimer's Association vision is a world without Alzheimer's and all dementia. Yeah. Is through our research. So some of these funds also then go back to our home office to support research opportunities, initiatives that are happening to get us closer to that vision. That it's a great vision to have and yes. it's I I really love how you spoke about the difference between having groups for people who have been diagnosed and for the caregivers that there are, you know, there are avenues for people in both buckets mm -hmm. and the social aspect is so crucial. Now, uh, for those listening, my grandparents have Alzheimer's and when my grandfather was still alive, seeing people was like the biggest thing for him. He may not know who everybody was, right? but it was that social interaction that was just like, it kind of really brightened his mood yeah. and it made such a difference. You made a point there that people are being diagnosed with it earlier mm -hmm. than say 10, 20 years ago, even further. Now, why is that? Is that because the science is getting better to detect it? Or is it because something's happening with the way that people are that it's happening sooner? I think it's a combination. Okay. Uh, physicians are being better educated mm -hmm. to being aware. Uh, Medicare now has, it's not a requirement, but it's a suggestion, a recommendation that when somebody who's 65 or up comes in for their wellness check, they should also have a cognitive test done at that time. Smart. And I think more physicians are doing that. So they're catching things earlier. There also is such improvements in diagnostic treatments and diagnostic tools in order to now 
I mean, you could now positively diagnose someone with Alzheimer's disease if they had a PET scan. Oh, wow. So I think it's a combination. It really did start, though, with education and awareness in the medical field that, you know, if you can do some cognitive testing earlier on, yeah. you could very well catch somebody in the very, very early stages, which would then make them able to have better treatments, you know, moving forward. And for somebody who is getting caught earlier, what would you recommend as those first steps for those people then? Well, you know, as soon as somebody's diagnosed, we always encourage them to, of course, reach out to us yeah. so that they can automatically be connected to services that could support them if they have younger onset. So that's before the age of 65. Okay. Um, you know, it's such a different game for them. A very good friend of mine was diagnosed at 51. Oh, my gosh. And she's now 56. And I actually just spent some time with her out in San Diego. They're dealing with such different issues than somebody in their 80s. Interesting. So it's it's an opportunity for them to get connected with individuals going through similar situations. And then, you know, just also getting that support and guidance and learning about treatments. And also... A lot of people, once they're diagnosed, they want to be involved in clinical trials. They mm. want to be a part of finding a cure. And so the earlier somebody's diagnosed, the earlier they're involved in clinical trials, that might be helping them, but it's also helping like the next generation as well. It's really interesting that it's kind of an inspiration to be able to, well, inspiration and motivation to be able to get up and moving and is like, never thought about this before, but hey, let's make a difference. Mm -hmm. That's that's inspiring right there to be able to hear. It is. Yeah. And overall, at the end of the day, just finding like-minded people, because when you're in a situation like that or really anything health-related, people feel lonely. People feel alone. People feel isolated. And as you said, sometimes people will leave because they don't know what to do. So then the people who are left behind is like, what do I do now? Exactly. And yep. it, it makes such a difference having these kind of different groups to be able to, to have that sense of relating and to be able to work through it together. It's a scary thing when you feel like you're going at it alone. So no, it I'm is. glad that you brought that up. And they, and they, and they develop such amazing friendships. Mm. And, the, and it's interesting, you have the early stage folks developing relationships and then the caregivers develop relationships. And those relationships continue after their loved ones are gone. Yeah. I mean, they're, because they're, they're, such a bond is developed during, you know, you, this is the person that stood by you during the most difficult time in your life. Yeah. And they remain, you know, fast friends even after. It, so It's amazing the kind of connections that can be made out of this. Um, I was talking with uh, my grief counselor about it, how there's a sense of, you know, grieving before the actual passing. The anticipatory grief. Yes. Yes. How that's a big thing. Yep. How people can bond in that and mm -hmm. find each other. And it's a, a kind of a very speed run way of uh, building connections with people in similar situations. Uh, which I find very interesting, but it's true. I've I've seen it myself, mm -hmm. and it makes a difference. 
Again, you're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We are speaking with Meg Boyce of the Alzheimer's Association. They have their Sub-Zero Heroes coming up on February 25th. It's going to be a great event, a lot of fun. It might be a little chilly, but it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. We've also been talking about a lot of the programs that uh, Sub-Zero Heroes helps, how it benefits it right away. It's a great thing. So, Meg, could you tell us, give us like a timeline of the day for us real quick. Sure. Wednesday, I'll start, check-in, whatnot. Check-in starts at 1030, so folks can start to arrive at 1030. Once you set up your page, so once you decide you're going to jump, you'll get an email with more detailed information because the one thing I don't know off the top of my head is um, the parking lot at Bering Lake is very small. Okay. So we sometimes do shuttles from one of an- another parking lot. So once you register to jump, you'll get that information. Mm-hmm. So 1030 is check-in. The opening ceremony is 1145, and the jump starts at noon, and we jump in the order by the amount raised. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in and out and not stand in the cold in your costume, I suggest raising lots and lots of money. (laughs) And we also have wonderful trophies for the first, second, and third place fundraisers. Awesome. So uh, for those who want to donate or want to get set up to do this kind of plunge, uh, where's the best place for them to go? So in order to register, Mm -hmm. you would go to subzeroheroes.org. Sounds good. And you register, and there's an email there if you have any issues. Um, What I will tell you is I fundraise for the walk, and I fundraise for the jump, and I find it very interesting that the same person gives me more money to jump into a frozen lake than they do for my walk. So, um, you know, the crazier... It seems the more money you can raise. So um, there's some truth there. <laughs> I, you know, I encourage folks to or you, or do something crazy. On a side note, one year I shaved my head. Oh wow! Um, if I raised ten thousand dollars, I was going to shave my head at the event, and I raised over ten thousand. So there you go. Uh, clippers came to the head, and I was bald for a while. Loved it, actually. Um, so benefits. You, so you could you could do some really crazy stuff to yeah. to raise funds and people will give you the money for it. That's awesome. That's very cool. And if you want to be able to check out that link, we will have that in the description of this episode on the website and description on the podcast as well. So it's easy access for you. Now, Meg, thank you so much for being here. Is there any like last second thing that people should know about this event, should know about uh, Alzheimer's Association, any like last minute tidbit for everybody listening? Well, for the event, it's just a lot of fun. Nice. And if you want to come and just be a spectator and check it out, please do so. We love to have people there cheering us on as we jump. If you are dealing with Alzheimer's or if you have any questions about not only Alzheimer's disease, but any form of dementia, please don't hesitate to call our 800 number, 1-800-272-3900. We are always there for you to answer any questions or concerns that you might have. That's terrific. Meg, it's always a pleasure to have you here on In Touch and hope to have you again in one of the future quarters. Thank you, Connor. Appreciate it. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Meg Boyce. 
For more information on Sub-Zero Heroes, visit subzeroheroes.org. That and for more info on the Alzheimer's Association, visit alz.org slash Hudson Valley. Of course, all links and information can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you to everyone who listened to In Touch in 2022 and now into 2023. And if you have just found us, welcome. Last year saw a lot of growth with this program, and we expect even more to come in 2023. You can find In Touch episodes new and old on your favorite streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. That and listen on demand with your Town Square radio station mobile app. Of course, you can still find all articles and audio under the In Touch tab on this radio station's app and website. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at InTouch underscore HV. We're booking guest spots for 2023. Whether you have a topic you want discussed or you want to be a guest, the best way to contact us is through our office number, 845-471-1500, or email direct to connor.walsh at townsquaremedia.com. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always, I'm glad we get to spend some time. <laughs>